0: Be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is simply what others think you are. End of quote. John Wooden. It is easy for you and for me to conform to what others think about us versus what God thinks about us. There's nothing wrong with words of encouragement, accolades for a job well done. But we always have to be mindful of who we serve. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, if you all recall, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at The heart. The disciples' example. The disciples' example. Paul, Apostle Paul, uses Timothy uh, as an example. Timothy was a young pastor. It would have been easy for older Christians to look down down on him because of his youth. He had to earn the respect of his elders by setting an example in his speech, life, a way of love, faith, and purity. Regardless of your age, God can use you. God's no respect to person, but there are some prerequisites. He encourages us to live in such a way that Christ can be seen in you. Now, I know this was written, these are the pastoral epistles, but I believe it can apply to us as well. The search for role models. Paul again addresses Titus in chapter 2 verse 7. And you yourself must be an, an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do. Notice everything that you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Being called to the ministry... Being a leader of any type of ministry is a high calling. It's not something that's casual or should be taken lightly. Paul urged Titus to be a good example to those around him so that others might see his good deeds and imitate him. If you want someone to act a certain way, be sure that you live that way yourself. Then you will earn... The right to be heard and your life will reinforce what you teach. It is so important that when we get into the word, that we apply it to ourselves first. God wants to use us to impact this lost and dying world. Right now, Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand of of the Father, on the throne. So he's called us, you and I, out of darkness into his marvelous light to be ambassadors. To be his spokesmen. To proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Like Paul said, we should be the walking epistles being read of all men. The search for role models. An example. Oswald Sanders states on page uh, 126, In our times when social structures are collapsing and home life is deteriorating, there are a greater number of confused young people who have no one to whom they can look up to as an inspiring role model. That is so true. As you well know, I'm a high school teacher. Role models are far, few, and in between. There are plenty of worldly role models. Men and women who don't know the Lord. But as far as men and women who have been called by God, not that many. They grow up with no father in the home or no mother. And in a society that fosters sexual promiscuity, self-indulgence, and violence, they have no one to look up to at those but except for those people that live and demonstrate that type of behavior. Therefore, the consequences are they are unconsciously looking for models that will set an attractive example. It should be easy to spot a role model in our society. You say, well, why? Because the world is so dark out there right now. That a Christian should be able to stick out like a sore thumb. We should be visible. We should be lights, first and foremost, in the home, in the job, wherever we go. A search for role models. There's something I'd like to share with you. And again, I just want to share this with you. I'm not trying to elevate myself but I'm just setting this as using this as an example the Youth Institute program is a program that my high school sponsors began will begin June 10th with a wilderness retreat and this retreat takes every uh, takes place Monday Friday in Kings Park National Park now I'm going to get right down to the meat and potatoes. During the school year, we would like to hold a regular class either once a week or every other week where students can work on projects, where they can learn about leadership, community service, etc. The purpose of the school year class would be to further refine the skills they are introduced to in the summer program. Thanks, Renee. Uh, I'm sorry. The purpose of the school year class would be to further refine the skills they are introduced to in the summer program. I really think you are the best fit for such a program. As this is a character education program that uses digital media to engage students. You are the character education master on this campus by nature, clearly. Signed high school site facilitator Gladstone High School And again I'm not trying to brag Or boast But I get invitations to speak Different places All the time And it's nothing that I'm doing But it's Jesus Christ Working through me The same Jesus I serve The same Jesus that you serve Way down deep inside Brethren way down deep inside our hearts. You know what? We really, really want to be used by God. We really do. When we were lost, we were used by the enemy. Satan used us. But now, we're servants. Servants of an awesome God, a loving God. And he wants to further his kingdom. He wants men and women and children to be saved. And guess what? He's going to use us. But you know what? Something needs to take place in all of our hearts, and that's change. That's godly character. There's a... Uh... <laughs> I guess we're just on a roll tonight, huh? Okay. Train yourself. Paul says, train yourself to be God. We must train. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. The people outside the church must speak well of him, so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. Once again, We should be lights wherever we go. Calvary Chapel, Monrovia is here in the city of Monrovia to be a light in this community, to be a beacon, to be a hope for those that have no hope. And guess who's going to use? You and I. But we have to make ourselves available. Paul tells Timothy in chapter 1, Verse 4, I'm sorry. Chapter 4, verse 7. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. We do not become godly automatically. We do not become godly because we come to church, because we're serving, because we're doing all these things. We must make for an effort. The implication is that we are to be as eager to keep spiritually fit as the athlete is to win the Olympic gold. You know, I desire to be physically fit. So I get up every morning. I do my sit-ups. I do my push-ups. And I do my stretches, so forth and so on. So that I can remain physically fit well likewise in the spiritual realm if you are to become more like Jesus Christ you and I have to discipline ourselves to what study the word of God make ourselves available fellowship prayer all the basics God's not going to force us to follow him However, the good news is that if we seek first the kingdom of God, then all these other things will be added unto you. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your... Purity. Paul was trying to encourage Timothy listen Timothy you do not need to feel handicapped because of your age Timothy could compensate for his youth by the what? by the quality of his life by the model he provided for the church likewise for those of you are in leadership and ministry leaders we set an example for others that are in our ministry they follow you as you follow Christ we'll say well how do we do that okay how do you compensate Timothy how do you compensate for you how he says number one in what you say in what you say you know that little thing between your jaws called the tongue? We have to be careful. James warns us about that. May our words, this is my prayer for me. Lord, here comes brother so and so, here comes sister so and so. Oh my goodness. Lord, may my words be seasoned with salt. Please, Lord, may your words come forth. Before I go home, I say a prayer. Lord, help me to convey your message. What's the sole purpose for us coming together? You know, there's a theme throughout the epistles. I use the acronym GET. G-E-T. GET. What does that mean? Glorify. Edify. That means to build up one another. Then we go out and we what? Testify. Glorify, edify, and testify. Testify. So when we speak Lord willing to that brother or that sister may we speak those words of eternal life wisdom Wisdom should proceed from one's mouth when in the company of the brother it should but sometimes it's best to say nothing did you know that in Proverbs chapter 17 verse 28 even fools are thought to be wise when they are when they keep silent with their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. <laughs> God is good. What else? How do you compensate for your youth? The way you live. That's a no-brainer. The way you live. Paul uh, wrote in Romans chapter uh, 12, verse 1, We are to live lives that are holy, pleasing, and acceptable to the pastor, to the wife. No, to God. Listen, we can't go out preaching Christ with the Bible in one hand and a Corona in the other hand. It just doesn't work that way. Preaching Christ, and then we're yelling at our kids, we're doing those things that the worldly people are doing. I'm not saying we're not saved, but you know what, it's going to nullify... The furtherance of the gospel. People aren't going to believe us. The way we live. What else? In your love. God is love. He loves you and I so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. That's agape love. That same agape love we are to share with everyone. Even our enemies. Your faith. Faith is a conviction of the things not seen. Our faith should be growing. Our trust in the Lord should be growing. As we walk with Him daily. And last of all, your purity. Holy living. Both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Lord says, Be ye holy because I am holy. The word holy means pure, perfect, upright, no darkness at all. Zero counts of sin. Holy. You and I have been set apart. That word sanctified means to be set apart for God's use. And that's a privilege. They didn't have under the Old Testament. What else did Paul encourage Timothy to do? Devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 13, until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encourage the believers and teaching them. Timothy was to give attention to seeing that three three elements in the ministry of the word were given priority. This is Paul's encouragement or admonition to Timothy. Three of them. First is the public reading of the Scriptures. So that the voice of God is heard. That's the priority. The Scriptures. Second, preaching. Preaching. Preaching is the exhortation that follows the reading of the scripture. We read, and hopefully you're all with me, 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 13. We read it. Then we preach it. And then thirdly, Mac computer. Okay, I'm learning. Bear with me. Okay, my notes. thirdly, teaching them teaching who? teaching the congregation the scriptures what type of teaching? how is a minister or pastor supposed to teach? expository preaching expository preaching I know it sounds like a big word expository preaching or teaching is a comprehensive explanation of the scripture We explain the scriptures. Okay, that is, expository preaching presents the meaning and intent of a biblical text, providing commentary and examples to make the passage clear and understandable. So that when you and I leave here, there's no confusion. We understand what the Lord was saying to us individually and collectively. The word exposition is related to the word expose. The expository preacher's goal is simply, look at this, to expose the meaning of the Bible verse by verse. You know, I'm really, really blessed, my wife and I, because when we got saved back in 1992, we've been sitting under expository preaching for the last 20 years. And it's a blessing. We've been through the entire Bible, verse by verse, line by line, precept upon precept. And you know what? God continues to bless us every time we walk through these doors. Every Wednesday evening, every Sunday morning, verse by verse, line upon line. And that's a blessing. Paul also encouraged Timothy to stop neglecting His gift. Chapter 4 verse 14. He says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through prophecy. Spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Timothy had been called into a sacred office. It's a high calling to be called into the ministry. It should be regarded as a tremendous blessing from the Lord. And this is the reason why the gift of ministry should not be neglected. A man who is called by God to the ministry is to make the most of his talents. Bible says, as much is given, much is what? Required. There's a high accountability for being a minister or a pastor. But it's also A privilege to be used by God. Paul reminded Timothy that the Lord granted these gifts when the elders ordained Timothy for the ministry. Timothy was not to grow careless about the gift. And this is not saying that Timothy was careless with his gift, but it's just a few words of encouragement. You know, God knows us more than anyone else. And from time to time, through his word, or through maybe a uh, radio station, a preacher, he's going to encourage us to do what? What is right. God will always have us to do those things that will bring him glory. There's nothing, nothing that the Lord would have us to do that would cause harm to you or to anyone else. Why? Because God loves us. He loves you. That's where faith comes in. 1 Timothy 4.15 Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. The word meditate, this is interesting, is a verb which can also mean practice or attend to. You know, it's good to meditate upon the word. You know, sometimes I walk in the fellowship hall you're all sitting on the sofa and, you know, you're meditating, you're reading your Bibles. That's good. But it also could mean a verb. Say, you know what? Excuse me, brother. Could you meditate these tables and these chairs back in the classroom? It's an action. Just like the word agape. Love. Love is a verb. Bible says, if you love me, you'll keep what? Keep my commandments. It's an action. Timothy was to give himself entirely to the scriptures. Translated, give yourself entirely could mean literally in them. As you can see here, the priority for Timothy was the word of God to be absorbed in the in the task number 1 reading we saw this earlier reading the scriptures to the church number 2 encouraging the believers in the church and number 3 teaching the believers in the church That is the purpose of a church. That is why we come here. To be drawn closer and closer to the Lord. The purpose for Timothy's diligent and wholehearted devotion to God was to be an effective witness to everyone. So that there would be no grounds for despising or looking down upon him because of his youth. Brethren, it is so important... That you and I align ourselves, align our lives with the word of God. I cannot put more emphasis on it. Just recently, not here, I was talking to a brother. I said, brother, be very, very careful. God is using you. But you know what? Once your testimony is ruined, that's it. I want him in love. Because I saw some types of behavior that were questionable. And in love, prayerful—you know—he received it. I said, "Brother, be careful." Well, make a long story short, he did not heed to the counsel. He fell. Lord forgave him, but his testimony was ruined. No more Bible study, no more witness. Will God forgive us? Yes. And I believe in his timing, he will bring that brother back up. But we have to be careful with the pearls that God has entrusted us with. Do not, and what what Paul's telling Timothy, do not take his word lightly. And you and I shouldn't take the word of God lightly. Remember, we always have to be mindful that blood was shed, precious blood was shed on Calvary for you and I. It was a price that was paid. But thank God for grace, for His mercy, and for His unconditional love that you and I are here this evening. Praise God. What's the purpose? What's the purpose of reading and encouraging and teaching? So that your spiritual maturity may be visible to the church body Timothy was not to remain stagnant in his growth likewise you and I were not to remain stagnant in our spiritual walk or journey with the Lord so what is the barometer what is it that you and I can use to measure our growth we're not judging here but what what does the Bible say It's the fruit. That's how we measure. But before we get to Galatians, Paul tells Timothy in 4.15, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress progress may be evident to all. Progress is translated advance. So that all may see how you go what? Forward. How does a pastor, leader, or mentor measure his progress? By the fruit in his life. The same can be said for all those who name the name of Jesus Christ. What's the fruit? You're familiar with this. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23. Gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. That's the barometer that God uses. Notice that God uses, not man. The character qualities that we just read in verses 22 and 23 are produced, listen, are produced by the influence of the Holy Spirit. Which means the natural man, the unregenerated man, cannot do this. Apostle Paul does not trace the source to our own hearts. Even when converted. He says that they, the fruits of the Spirit, are to be regarded as the proper outcome of a man who humbly and joyfully submits to the filling and leading of the Holy Spirit. You know... I think you all would agree. It is a joy to serve the Lord. I love it. It is a blessing. People that say, you know what, Christianity is boring, there's nothing to do, You have no, they have no idea what they're talking about. That's foolishness. We're serving the creator of the heavens and the universe. The one who is all-powerful, all-knowing. And the best is yet to come. That's a joy. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We were once lost, now we're found. And you know what the greatest blessing is? You know what? We can take this joy that we have, and we can this love and share it with someone else. Our family members, our co-workers, our neighbors. It's exciting. conclusion. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16. Watch your life. This is a warning. Watch your life and doctrine closely. The word doctrine means teaching. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Persevere to persist steadily in an action or belief, that's in God, Usually over a long period, and especially despite problems or difficulties. In this life, brethren, you will, I will, have what? Many trials and tribulations. In conclusion, Paul advised Timothy to keep a close watch on his private life and his public ministry to the church. His conduct in both areas must be above approach. If he stayed true to what was right, it would benefit him and everyone else. His example would facilitate the salvation of his hearers. Of course, God alone can save, but Paul's words focus on the responsibility of spiritual leadership. By paying attention to his personal life, Timothy would work out his own salvation in the sense described in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. You know, I was sharing with the brethren the other day that there are certain things I just don't do anymore. I just don't do them. They're not sinful, but if I know, if I have any remote clue that it's going to cause another brother or sister to stumble, I won't do it. And you know what the blessing is, brother? I don't have a desire to do those things anymore. So it's not like it's legalistic or anything like that. I don't have a desire to watch certain things, go certain places. I just, I just don't. It just doesn't do anything for me. My desire is to be more like my Lord and Savior. That's my desire. You know what? God put that there. God puts that desire in your heart to spend time in His Word. To share the love of Jesus Christ. That is a blessing. That is a joy. That's the God that we serve. He's alive in you and in me. Chapter 16. The Disciples' Loneliness. Chapter 16. Oswald Sanders states or quotes page one thirty five loneliness has become one of the most pervasive problems of our society and its ravages ravages have been made worse by the widespread breakdown of moral social standard. So what does that mean? First of all, what does it mean to be ravaged? Ravage a complete wreck to cause overwhelming damage or destruction. This includes marriages Families and our society as a whole. Loneliness. Loneliness is defined as the state of having no companionship, being solitary, feeling forlorn, or desolation. The author is not trying to be insensitive. I believe we've all experienced this at one point and another. However, he cautions his readers not to remain there. Loneliness comes unsolicited and unwelcome. I don't think any of us Got on her knees and said, Lord, I just want to be lonely the rest of my life. I don't think so. I hope not. (laughs) Loneliness is psychological. It's right here. It's right here, brother. Loneliness is negative and unproductive. here's the good news for bad news there's always good news loneliness it gives a sense of emptiness it is a severe sense of desolation see that's the mind the mind a deep craving for an ill defined satisfaction what does that mean? That means you're craving, or I'm craving for something that's confusion. That's confusing. Something that I don't need. Something that's going to make my situation worse. How does this happen? Unsolicited. The loss of a lifelong partner, spouse, family member, co-worker, casualties of war, etc., can, and oftentimes... Does cause loneliness. The solution? Solitude. Solitude, an explanation of silence and solitude. Solitude, not loneliness. Remember, As I introduce this topic to you. Solitude is something that we choose. Loneliness is unwelcome. Solitude is spiritual. Loneliness is physical. Solitude is productive. Loneliness is destructive. Solitude is something we choose. I choose, you choose, to spend time with the Lord. It's a choice. Solitude is spiritual. No human involvement. It's a direct connect between you and your Lord. Solitude is fruitful and productive. We saw that earlier in Galatians chapter 5. Sometimes... Silence is practical in order to read, write, pray, or meditate. Other times, silence is maintained not only outwardly, but also inwardly, so that God's voice might be heard more clearly. In a society in which you and I live in, currently, that's full of social media, electronic devices, we have to be careful, brethren, that it doesn't cloud... That still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we can be mixed up the two. Solitude. Not loneliness. Who's our example? Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter four, verses one and two. Then Jesus was, was led by the Spirit. Into the wilderness. The word wilderness in the Greek means a place uninhabited by man. To be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Jesus was full of what? The Holy Spirit. Why is solitude so important, brethren? It's for spiritual preparation. There is a war. As soon as you and I get up and walk out that door, there is a war, a spiritual war. You and I need to prepare. Sit down with your Lord 101. Turn off the phone. Turn off the TV. Kick the dog out. Close the door. And hear from God. Because He's going to prepare you and I for the fight. The victory is already ours. We just have to make ourselves available. We must pray in the spirit. Prayer is communion with God. Second, use the power of God to fight off temptation. And third, not to try to battle Satan in our own strength. Oftentimes, we pray afterwards. After we've been defeated. Prayer is supposed to come before the battle. One of my mentors, he reminds me constantly, constantly, well, Brother Barney, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Let's seek counsel from above. Let's pray. Let's seek the Lord. Let the Lord's will be done in our lives. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. After sending them home, he, Jesus, went up into the hills by himself. I just love the Bible. To what? To pray. Night fell while he was there alone. That's solitude, that's not loneliness. He sent both the crowds of people and the disciples away so he could be alone with who? The Father. Commentary, Life Application Notes. During his ministry on earth, Jesus was in constant prayer with the Father. He constantly needed strength from God, going into the wilderness alone with the Father, helped Jesus focus on his mission and gain strength. For what mission? For that mission. That was to be carried out. What was that mission Jesus Christ was sent out to accomplish? What was the mission? Why was it so important that Jesus spent time with God? Luke tells us in chapter 4, verse 42. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. There We see it again. The crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But, he replied, I love this. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too. Because that is why I was sent. It's beautiful. Love that verse. We come here to glorify God. To build up one another Lord heal our marriages save my children save my co-worker then we leave and we testify for Jesus Christ and what he has done it's not good enough to feel good about ourselves just because you know God answered my prayer well praise God now you're spiritually restored now go out and share the gospel Because that's why Jesus Christ came. He came to save, what? Sinners. And no doubt, you can discern the sky. You can discern the times. We're in the latter days. You don't have to look far. No wonder, you know what? Our youth. They're on the wide road. Their minds, they're gone. But yet, through divine intervention, God has set you and I in places where you can be used by God to share the gospel. I am so blessed. I'll tell you, brother, I'm so blessed where I'm at right now. Yesterday, seventh period, I don't know, kids came in, we started talking about the Bible. Book of Revelation and the seals I didn't know all that stuff is on YouTube by the way (laughs) we're just talking about the seven seals the pale horse black horse oh Mr. Harris I'm scared blah 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 but it's interesting because one of the students he really couldn't connect because I guess obviously he hadn't studied the Bible and he felt kind of out of place his name was Leo he said Mr. Harris you know what I don't have a Bible I said well I have one I got one back in the cage I said, here you go. Start with the book of Matthew. And just, you know, read the whole whole New Testament. He says, Mr. Harris, I can't finish the New Testament overnight. I said, you know what? You can just have the book. Just take it home and just read it. Read the Bible. Tell others about Christ. We're talking about it today. In a public high school. (laughs) I have Bible studies twice a week. (laughs) I have Bibles on my desk. Bible Explorer on my computer. That's God. God prepares the way. All we have to do, like Pastor Chuck Smith said, I'll never forget, I was at the convention in Anaheim three or four years ago. I didn't forget this part. I forgot everything else. I was kind of tired. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. (laughs) He said, He said, Make yourself available for God and you know, see, I, I struggle with that because and I'm not saying, you know I'm out there sinning, there's so many other things I was doing, again you know, I had my own thing going you know, was teaching full time part time You know, going to car shows, I'm not, and again I'm not saying that's bad that's a, that's a decision you have to make when you leave here, what are you going to do? That's a decision between you and the Lord. How are you going to use the time? There's only 24 hours in the day. You know what? You and I get the same 24 hours every day, as long as we're breathing. How are you going to use that time in either personal spiritual edification or sharing the gospel? It's a blessing. I can go anywhere and talk to anyone, I can go to Sam's Club. I go right here, Chevron. It's just a blessing, but that's not me. It's Jesus Christ in me. People shouldn't see us. They should see Jesus Christ in us. Solitude, not loneliness. Mark. Chapter 1 verse 35 Before daybreak the next morning Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray Jesus went to an isolated place to pray one on one communion with the Lord I like to read a quote from A.W. Tozer Taking out of the book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. It's one of my favorite books in my library. Quoting, Retire from the world each day to some private spot, even if it be only the bedroom for a while. Stay in a secret place till the surrounding noises begin to fade out of your heart. And a sense of God's presence envelops you. Listen for the inward voice till you hear until you learn to recognize it. Stop trying to compete with others. Give yourself to God and then be what and who you are without regard to what others think. Learn to pray inwardly every moment. After a while you can do this even while you work. Read less, but more of what is important to your inner life. Never let your mind remain scattered for a very long time. Call home your roving thoughts. Gaze on Christ with your eyes of your soul. Practice spiritual concentration. All the above is contingent upon a right relation to God through Christ and daily meditation of the scriptures. Daily Daily Bible intake. Lacking these, nothing will help us. Granted these, the discipline recommended, will go far to neutralize the evil effects of externalism and to make us acquainted with God and our own souls. End of quote. It's like my former pastor shared with me, And again, it's in love. That's why we call this iron sharpens iron, correct? Prayer is no substitute for action. Prayer is no substitute for action. If God has told you to do something, if God has told you to serve in a particular ministry, then you need to heed that counsel. And on the other side, you will find... Joy and peace and just that excitement of serving the Lord. Spiritual disciplines. In conclusion, with without godly character, brethren, discipleship is impossible. Without godly Character discipleship is not possible without godly character. We will not be an example for no one. It's rather straightforward, but it's true. It is imperative that we strive, that you and I strive, to be more like Christ. We that we allow this word. To change our hearts. It's like I shared with Pastor Richard. At Calvary Chapel, Monrovia, there's no shortage of truth. Men's study, women's study, Bible ministry school. I mean, married couples. There's truth, 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 truth. That never was a problem. The crossroads is this. application application when I walk outside that door am I going to be are you going to be a changed man that's the key listening to truth without application has no effect on our character change but you know God's commandments, they're not burdensome. It's not grievous, oh Lord, i got to do what? No, no, where's everybody at? That's a heart problem, brother. So get on your knees and say, Lord, change my heart, please. And you know what? He'll do it. Godly character. Godly character can be defined as the ability to discern God's right way from the wrong way and to voluntarily surrender one's own will to do what is right in God's sight. And with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we're able to resist what's wrong even under pressure and temptation spend some time spend some more time with the Lord spend some time make a covenant make a promise with Him Lord I want to spend this time with you and it is a blessing this Saturday my wife she went somewhere I don't know where it was she does her errands I think it was for like six or seven hours I was just there all by myself Birds outside the window, you know, just in the Word, listening to worship music. It it was great. I wish every day was like that. But uh, (laughs) don't tell her that. But uh, (laughs) it is a blessing. It's exciting. I can't really put it into words. You have to experience that. Just turn it off. It's like my own brother told me. He says, one of the hardest parts... Of Being in ministry, one of the most difficult decisions is is saying no. There's a time of the day where you're going to reserve it for you and the Lord. And no one else needs to infringe on that. And you'll be blessed. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love. Father, it is my prayer that your word would have a permanent resting place in our hearts. And Father, that it bring forth the kind of fruit, Lord, that pleases you. And Father, it is our desire, our deepest desire is to be used by you, Father. And Lord, I know for myself and the brethren here, Father, oftentimes we have fallen short in these areas of godly character. So we ask, Father, we ask, Lord, that you would help us. Help us to live a life that's pleasing unto you. And Lord, that you would give us that desire to read your word, to study your word, to come and fellowship and to pray, Father. Father, we need you. Without you, Father, our life is lived in vain. We thank you, Father, for meeting us here this evening, Lord. I pray that you would just continue to minister to us individually and collectively, Lord. And that you bless our time of fellowship together. In Jesus' name, amen.